Okay, let's start this podcast. All right. Uh, oh, we've started, have we? Okay, good. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that was a full start, wasn't it? And then I started it and then it didn't start. I'm sorry. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, more younger and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Alison, how are you? I'm okay, you guys. I'm okay. You're back in I'm the country. back. I am back. Uh, Jet lagged out of your brain. Like you wouldn't believe. And in fact, the other day I thought, I need to get more physical. I've not been feeling physical enough. I went for a walk. My puppy started to run, so I ran three steps, you guys, and fell so hard. <gasps> oh, no! And I fell so hard, and I don't know what I've done. I've landed on my side, and I feel like my sternum is bruised. Oh, Because um, I can't take deep breaths, or I've just never had an injury in my chest before. It's really, it's very exciting. You haven't exciting. broken a rib, rib or anything, have you? Well, ribs, are ribs lower or higher? Well, your ribs are, no, no, your sternum is higher, isn't it? And then yeah. your ribs are below that. So, yeah. but you've bruised it. You've obviously bruised it. <sighs> yeah, guys. And you're flying out tomorrow, aren't you? I am. I was going to say, I was excited to say that because you know all about that. I'm going to Berlin tomorrow. Me and Jen were, but we cancelled because we were like. Oh, my God. No. Can you imagine if I was going to have to go to Berlin now? I would be no, dead. I'd, I'd want a different plane for me, Jen, to be honest. I would have, <laughs> I would have, I would have feigned death to avoid <laughs> Alison it's so fun so were you guys supposed to be on this gig squat yeah quash? oh yeah but it, it was impossible like I looked at my schedule I mean in the last week I went from Aberystwyth to Brighton to Edinburgh to Aberdeen to Glasgow back to Brighton to Wokingham to Bracknell back to Brighton to Salisbury uh, and then the very idea that now I would go to Kvatch to Berlin I'm like forget it you're like, it's not happening. It would have been fun, all three of us. I had no idea about that. Oh, I'm so saddened by that news. Do you know what? That It would have been so fun if the th- three of us could have gone, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a right laugh. We'll have to engineer that for another time. 
But anyway, yeah. you'll, you'll have a great time. One, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolutely lovely gig. Yeah. And two, uh, Berlin is just an incredible city to be in. You'll have an absolute ball. I'm looking forward to it. And I actually have another friend who is in town, uh, ironically, doing some other show on the weekend. So he's like, hey, do you want to hang out on Wednesday? I was like, yes, I do. So I even have a friend in Berlin, everyone. I'm very Ooh. excited. I know. I mean, there's a bazillion things to be getting on with. Uh, Checkpoint Charlie, all of the museums, all of the, just the history of Berlin. Oh, you'll have a ball. I mean, you know, in a way, you dodged a bullet not going to Berlin with, with Maureen and myself because Maureen would have taken you around the German Museum or whatever it was. Yeah, and it's, it's a very long process. <laughs> you know, I went with Maureen and we only did the first two centuries. And, yeah, um, I, I look at everything. I've been there three times already. Yeah, I, I flatlined very early on. <laughs> She did. Uh, obviously, we went on the tour. We went up to Edinburgh first, Alison, and got on the train. I opened up some little thing of hummus and carrots because I'm trying to be healthy. And weirdly, the hummus managed to fly to Jen's face. Yeah, OK. So we've done this. I mean, look, what we've learned is, Maureen, when you're opening something that's full of some kind of gunk... Yeah. yeah, not to sit opposite me. One, I shouldn't sit opposite you. Two, can you open it towards you and not away from yourself <laughs> and spray yourself with your hummus stroke, mayonnaise stroke, whatever the hell, double cream or whatever it is that you're chowing down into? I was actually really surprised because I saw pictures and I was like, oh, they're traveling facing one another. But I was surprised, Jen. I thought you would have learned by now that if you sit beside her, you don't have to see her eat. Yeah, Jen. I know. We did do it in one journey. Yes, um, we I did. sat next to Maureen and it, it was preferable. It won't go. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. As we were travelling side saddle or whatever it is, uh, <laughs> next to each other, I thought this is better because Maureen is always ha eating something. So you've yeah. got to like, yeah. And when she talks, you've got to like dodge the bits of food <laughs> flying towards your face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you are also eating something as well. Keep your mouth shut, Alison. Absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, Keep yeah, yeah. your mouth shut. Yeah. Otherwise, you will. There's, there's a lot of secondary food that will fly there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Maureen was um, with me in, in Scotland and was very good company and was also a wonderful support. She, was, she smashed it all. She was brilliant. They were lovely gigs, weren't they? Absolutely lovely. The audiences were gorgeous. Jen met my cousins. Two of my cousins came up to the Aberdeen show, so we had a good old natter. Oh, the Granite City. I love Aberdeen. Do you? I do. It reminds me a lot of where I'm from in Canada, Calgary, because it's like oil and gas. Cold. And there's a lot of like, yeah, rig workers. It's very cold. Everything <laughs> about Aberdeen, I was like, that's like Calgary. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a, an Aberdonian vibe and we'll leave it there. <laughs> I like the people of Aberdeen very much. And I also like the people of Glasgow and Edinburgh. But if you were going to compare Glasgow and Edinburgh and Aberdeen... Mm. I would say that Aberdeen... Look, I don't want to offend anybody, OK? It's a great city. The Granite City, go. go By the go, way, go, we go. did... Try, I got recommended to have a buttery, so we tried some butteries, which is a delicacy in Aberdeen. And um, neither Jen nor I really appreciated them, to be honest. Maureen was determined to get these butteries, so we... Yes, I was told to get a buttery. What is that? What is a buttery? I, I guess um, it's sort of a flat... Flaky. Croissant-looking thing. Where does the croissant thing come from, Maureen? It, it's, that's what it's described as. It's looking like a flat croissant. It couldn't be less like a croissant. <laughs> Maureen kept saying to me, it's like a croissant, as she handed me something that was nothing like a croissant. Jen, it's like a croissant. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's a sort of flatbread roll, OK? 
and I guess the, the pastry is flakier than a normal bread roll. Yeah, right, it's, it's, right. it's like a pastry, but it's not like a croissant. Anyway, whatever. But it's very salty. It's really salty. Mm. So it's a savoury thing. We got a packet of four. Maureen went to Sainsbury's and got a packet of four. So we didn't get it from a bakery. Okay, okay. We, it wasn't like a fresh one. It was like packaged. So it may be well different if you buy them fresh. But I, it was, I couldn't. It was so no. salty. I was it like, really... do I want salty bread? Turns out I don't. No, I absolutely don't. Even Maureen didn't eat it. And she eats anything. And also, I like my money's worth. So if I've paid for it, then I feel like I have to eat it. I let the two of them go. I just said, you know what? I'm going to lose that. I'm going to lose that 75p. Yeah, and Maureen did. And I could and I see did. it hurt her. <laughs> I had to sort of like drop in, don't worry, I paid for the rest of the breakfast so you haven't lost anything. <laughs> and then Maureen felt better because she realised... Actually, she was still four pound twenty-five up, yeah, so up. she was fine. She's up, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What so do you fine. eat with a flat, salty bread? Like, I think you're when... meant to heat it up and put it in, put butter on it, which probably tastes better. But if you're going to put butter on it, please put unsalted salty butter. butter. <laughs> Don't put salted butter on it. Christ alive! I said to Maureen, I, I couldn't eat it, but I had half of it. I said, I think I've had my salt intake for the month with half of this roll. Um, it was quite buttery, though. I'll give it that. Okay, and can you only get it in Aberdeen? I think it's an Aberdonian speciality, yes. Okay. Anyone from Aberdeen listening, do feel free to, uh, uh, you know, have a go at us and tell us we're wrong. <laughs> I'm willing to concede that we got four butteries that were from Sainsbury's and they weren't, probably weren't their best. They probably in weren't. In fact, anyone listening, at some point I will go to Aberdeen again and I am shocked that I have not tasted a flat... A bread salty substance thing because that is up my alley. So if you can recommend where I go to get the best buttery, I would like that information. We did go to the Charles Re- Rennie Macintosh Tea Rooms in Glasgow and we had, well, I had a scone with cream and jam and they had great hot chocolate and Jen had a tea. I had a coffee, but um, yeah, uh, Maureen had a bowl of hot chocolate. This hot <laughs> chocolate arrived and I thought, can we get a spoon, please? Because I don't know how she's going to get through this. I did. And then, yeah, a scone. And this is how good a friend, friendship, Jen's friendship means to me, Alison. I actually let her have a bit of my scone. Did you? It was a big yeah. sacrifice. It yeah, was that, a big for sacrifice. me, that is a big sacrifice. Was it a really big scone? It was a massive scone, yes. That's why she was able to let some of it go, everyone. Yeah. It was twice the size of a normal scone. And also, um, I had the tiniest crumb. Actually, you gave me half back. Yeah. I don't really need... A load of cream on a piece of bread. But um, <laughs> Maureen, it's a pleasure to watch Maureen. She enjoyed it. She yeah, I went back the it. next day, actually, and had another one. Christ alive, Maureen. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about... <laughs> My healthy eating. We've been talking about Maureen's healthy eating and how even on tour she could still accept some responsibility for her healthy eating. And um, we've established that that is not the case. Happening. No. <laughs> Maureen's got, I can't really do it on tour. I was like... Well, you can. You can. <laughs> Maureen's like, it's just impossible not to eat two scones covered in double cream while you're on tour. There's no, there's no way of getting around that, Alison. Yeah, but you, you've got to, you've got to, um, uh, you know, enjoy the local culture. Yeah, you do. You do. Okay, Maureen, you're absolutely right, and and you do, and you did, and you should, and you have, and 
Why the hell not? Absolutely. Uh, we're going to uh, not dwell on, on Maureen's eating habits because um, I want to enjoy my lunch later. <laughs> By the way, because I stayed on in Glasgow, so I did I did the Glee over the weekend, but I did visit the Hunterian, Hunterian Museum, which I would recommend to anybody who goes up to Glasgow. It's a very small museum. It's the oldest uh, public museum in Scotland. Um, but, it's, but even though they've got a lot of exhibits, apparently, you, could, you only see a few, so it's not overwhelming. It's quite eclectic as well. And you also, there's also an art gallery there, which includes paintings from Whistler, and also um, they've got like a uh, like a, they've reassembled Charles Rennie Mackintosh's house, which I got in free thanks to Jen's card, the art pass card, and it's re- it's it's fantastic because it's like it's over a hundred years old, so like at the time it would have been considered quite quite odd because Victorian furniture was all, you know houses were all full of big furniture and it's very clunky and here it's very clean there's a lot of light a lot of white so it wouldn't suit me but you could walk into that house and you would think it was a modern house i mean it's it's like art nouveau so it reminded me of jungenstil uh, which is like art nouveau how they had it in austria and germany oh yeah jungenstil yeah yeah and um we're all familiar <laughs> but it, but you know what? You look at some of the like. There's a painting by his wife, and it could have been by Klimt. You know, it's and there, were, there was a lot of connection between the two of them. And it's a really interesting house to go and visit. Maureen, you inspire me with all your museums. When I was in Dublin, I almost went to the uh, to the Leprechaun Museum. There is one there. There's a Leprechaun Museum, and I was going to go in, but they were short staffed. Ah, oh, funny. <laughs> boom, boom. You're welcome, boom, everyone. Boom. You're welcome. So I always like, when I go somewhere, I always like to visit something. I know. You're constantly on a cultural corner, Maureen. You're you are always... always. Every time she goes somewhere, she's like, I went here. Here's a picture of me here. I tried on some costumes. Here's this thing. I'm like, I stayed in my hotel and <laughs> slept and then did a gig and then ate some food and went home. You're very inspiring, Maureen. She's very inspiring. Um, and although we didn't do any of those things when we were together, um, I'm no. not quite sure why. We just didn't seem to have any time, did we? No, because we'd, was... we'd land somewhere and then go, we'd land somewhere, get some food. Then we'd have two hours before we had to go to wherever we had to go. We were like, oh, let's just have a little kip, to kip. And then and then we were straight to the venue. So anyway, what a week we've all had. What a dramatic, exciting, dynamic, fantastic week. But it's time to leave those thoughts behind because we're heading over to Maureen Younger for what I know will be a classic, one of the very best. Be my money moments. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. This is what I was talking about from last week, which I kind of hinted at. So I'm going to read the text that I sent Jen Allison. This is, okay. explains it. I'm ready. Right, from Friday the 29th of July. Be more Maureen moment today. Had two packets of sweets, which turned out to be laxatives. This was first made clear to me an hour and a half before I went on stage. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. <laughs> So Maureen had, but bearing in mind, why are you eating two packets of sweets? Well, I bought two packets of sweets to last me over the weekend and then I just... And then ate them all in one night. <laughs> no, all of them in one afternoon while watching telly. Before I went... yeah. what, okay. what laxatives taste that good? We should no, tell our listeners. No, they, are, they were like sugarless sweets, but obviously if you eat too many of them, they act as laxatives. Oh. So, Oh, yes. And I've got to explain, like, this wasn't in London. So, like, 
it was in Nottingham. So I'm staying in a hotel, which the club are paying for. So I can't phone up and go, I can't do the gig because they've already paid for a hotel for me. It's in Nottingham. Like if it was London, Manchester, Glasgow, they can easily get another comic. But it's Nottingham. They're not going to easily be able to get. So I've kind of got to do the gig. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. So I went and bought Imodium, £4 for six blinking tablets. But I was like, Maureen, spend the money. I mean, I, I can't believe that uh, there was a brief moment where Maureen was like, I mean, do I need them? I was like, what would you rather do, Maureen? Shit yourself on stage or spend four quid? And adult diapers are more expensive than four quid. Luckily, luckily I was on first. So I was like, thank goodness for that. So I said to the MC, because most MCs disappear off and then come back like two minutes before you meant to finish. I went, just stay close. I said, <laughs> stay close. I might have to get off quicker than you think. I mean, everything about this. When I read this, I read it out to Chloe, who was like, oh my God, that is so, that's a classic Maureen. It's a classic Maureen on so many levels. Okay, because... There are quite a lot of different sweets that are laxatives if you eat them too much. I mean, licorice being one of them, right? Yeah. If you eat too much of it, you will, it will go right through you. But, but it wasn't that Boren just had one packet of these sweets. So I said, why are you taking... Originally, I was like, why are you eating two packets of laxatives? That was the thing that I immediately uh, yeah. thought. But Maureen was like, no, no, I, I, I was not eating laxatives. I just ate too many sweets that turned out if you ate too many of them, they are laxatives. And so, yes, there was there was a certain panic that, that Maureen was feeling and anxiety, which I, I, I'm not saying I enjoyed. I didn't. But it was hilarious. Yeah, Jen wrote back, load of smiley face, laughing faces. Maureen, you're amazing. Actually made me laugh out loud. So she's very sympathetic. Yeah, I was really sympathetic. Uh, I just said, that's hilarious. Don't shit yourself. <laughs> and you know what's great? I still, I still, after I went on, I had food at... At the Glee, because you get free dinner, so... Yeah, take it. <laughs> oh, Maureen's still going to eat. With, on on yeah. the brink of shitting herself, of course. That wouldn't stop Maureen from eating. Of She's like, so. I've used the Imodium. I'm not going to let that go to waste. Yeah, four quid. Yeah, yeah, you're, ba you're backed up for days. But listen, get that get that burger and chips down here. Honestly, you can appreciate an hour and a half before you go on stage, you're like, this is not what I want. <laughs> this is not what I want happening. I mean, has this ever happened to you where... I'm not saying where you want to shit yourself on stage. I remember I was um, I was at a gig and the 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 um, compare had just got on stage and so I thought, well, I've probably got about ten minutes to have to have a, a wee or whatever. Anyway, um, uh, I get into the toilet. Um, I sort of um, and it's one of those venues where the speak because the toilets are upstairs where you can hear what's happening on stage. Okay, so cool. I'm on the toilet. And the guy, you can tell he's getting nothing from the audience. It's oh, not no. going very well oh, at all. No. And then he goes, well, I think I'll just bring on the first act. And I'm literally <laughs> mid-wee. And I thought, I don't have the pelvic floor to stop this. So I had to go, I was like, like channeling my, like, <laughs> you know. Um, and then like basically had to pull my trousers up. And it was, I, I, I thought I caught, you know, as, uh, as an older woman, you have to, you can't, as when you end, you haven't really ended. It's a false end. Yeah. Yeah. So one of those happened. Uh, anyway, and then I had to go downstairs and, and, and do the gig, like, with that pee in yeah, my it's pants. Not, that's it's not ideal. But, but also he was like, where is she? And then I could hear him go, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> so I'm running down the stairs to get onto the stage. I felt like saying, mate, do your job. Do your yeah, time, mate. You're do your time. Five minutes. Don't make me look like the prick. Do you know what I mean? I... 
honestly was actually really scared because there were potato chips for a while that were reduced fat in Canada. And if you ate too many of them, you would shit your pants as well. What? What is? Why? I can confirm that Uh, because there (laughs) are... There are products in sugar or like fat reduced or sugarless things. If you're trying yeah, to get just... like, woo, diuretics. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just imagining my situation. That, but in a um, way, that, that, it's an advantage. You eat the crisps and then you shit them all out. So it's actually quite. Kind of is. I know. It's not what I want. It's not what you're looking for in crisps. No, no. Not personally. No, not what I'm looking for. I mean, look, I eat those sugarless sweets and they are good. But yeah, they do cause a little. You know, mm. disruption. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think that's a real good one. I think that is a, a lovely one. It's a uh, classic one, isn't it? Maureen eats too many sweets, turns out they're relaxative, nearly shits herself on stage. I mean, that's got to be the best one we've had in such a long time. <laughs> and that was, I did three Be More Maureen's a week. That was one of, just one of them. Uh, I like that you're like, uh, there's more coming, everyone. Don't worry. Look, let's never fear. Never fear. Our wonderful WTB listeners. <laughs> there will never, as long as Maureen has breath in her body, there will be a be more Maureen moment. Maureen Younger, once again, I thank you for your, for, for you actually. We thank you for you because yeah. you are very brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, from someone who makes no sense to someone who makes a lot of sense, it's time to ask Allison. Go to the gym. Get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. Cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Well, I don't know if I make a lot of sense, everyone. But, uh, you know, now look, we're just getting started again with this season and uh, I just want to put a call out you know we took a little break and I think some people you've slowed down with some problems which is fine but I just want to say please please start sending in some more problems because I really do want to hear what's going on with your lives I want to do some research so I thought I'm going to put my own problem out there. So here's my problem, everyone. Um, It's the time of the year when there's a seasonal change. And uh, I I don't know about you guys, but I've been feeling a little lethargic, a little unmotivated. I feel like everything's taking a lot more effort to really, like, get into the groove. And I find this time of year it always happens for me because the cold is starting. So I've really been feeling unmotivated and lethargic. So my problem was... How do I get out of this? How do I not succumb to this lethargic and, and um, unmotivated behavior? And this sort of thing could be caused by a lot of things. Like I said, it's this time of year, I think, causes it. Injury, I just read, can cause lethargic behavior. And I was like, oh, my God, I wonder if my chest injury is what's kind of like slowing me down a little bit. I believe it is winter solstice. We're getting into the winter solstice time because we're getting closer to winter. So that is a big one. They also say some uh, common causes of fatigue can include, obviously, we know, being overweight, anemia, thyroid problems, arthritis, diabetes. So if you feel you're constantly in this state, I do encourage you to go see your doctor and just make sure all those things are in order. I have done that. I have a thyroid problem. I found out recently that my medication is down. So there we go, everyone. You got to find out about what's going on with you. Also, this was a good one. Decision fatigue. 
Did you know if you were constantly having to make decisions and think and plan and choose, which I'm sure Jen, with all the travel, Maureen, you as well, after a while, it's like your brain just starts to burn out. So like simple decisions, you're exhausted. And so I think that has a lot to do with unmotivated, lethargic feelings as well. I was just with my family. There's a lot of family things. You get tired. So what to do about it? Well, first off, I'm saying this again because I need to hear this. Cut yourself some slack, everyone. You got a big list of to-dos. You're not getting through it all. It's okay. Stop beating yourself up because you're not getting through everything, all right? And give yourself permission to not accomplish everything. I think often we get upset with ourselves. We get angry that we don't complete these to-do lists. We're not on top of things. We take time to rest, but we don't really give ourselves permission. We're angry at ourselves because we're like, oh, God, I got to take... Give yourself permission and be okay with it and tell yourself you're doing the best thing for you, giving yourself a little bit of time. I liked this. Create a personal motivation mission. Now, at first when I heard this, I was like, what the hell is this? The definition of motivation is having a strong reason to act or accomplish something. So when it feels like your whole world is out of whack, sometimes it can be hard to figure out what is my motivation in life. So I like this. Ask yourself some life questions. Number one, how does my work fulfill me? How do I help my coworkers and colleagues? How am I impacting my greater community? However you answer those, you'll be surprised to find that you actually do have a little bit of a life mission statement. So I did this real quick. Okay, so uh, my mission, what, what fulfill, why do I do my work? How does my work fulfill me? It creates levity and helps people forget their problems out of the day. How do I help my coworkers? I try to be a positive energy when I'm around them. How does it impact the community? I assist in making people come together for a small period of time and see things from a common point of view. Just even writing those things out kind of made me feel a bit better going, no, you are on task and it's okay. And just because you didn't fucking mail that package you were supposed to mail four days ago, you're still doing fine, everyone. Be aware and monitor your inner dialogue. This is the biggest thing, everyone. I think far too often we have so many negative thoughts in a day. We have 50,000 thoughts in a day. And they say that over 60 to 70% of the thoughts that we have are usually negative ones. Think about how many self-negative statements that is you're putting into yourself. So really pay attention to your inner dialogue. Gratitude list, I'm going to push this again. Three things a day that you're grateful for. Just three simple things. It doesn't have to be anything big. My fucking computer started working again. I I was able to figure out my microphone. Anything that you can be grateful for will really help to turn that lethargic and melancholy feeling around. Plan and prioritize each day. Now, I know that goes a little against what I just said, but if you don't have a bit of a general idea of what you're getting out of that day, Sometimes days will just go by and and you will not accomplish anything. I really like to schedule my day. But the biggest thing I want to encourage you to is in schedule in tasks that you want to do. Don't even think of them as tasks. Schedule in time of the day that you want. I'm going to read for three hours. Put that in your fucking plan and read for three hours. Be sure you're doing things that give you energy as well as take away. Stop scrolling through your phone. 
stop, put that goddamn phone down because that will just make you depressed. I'm telling you, the more depressed we are, the more we tend to just look at other things and compare our life or look at things or feel like I've not done enough or I, I should do that or, oh, if I do this thing. Yeah, no, what you say, because like, when I take time out, often my time out is me going through Twitter, which isn't time out, is it? No, you're still going down that path. So absolutely stop scrolling. They say eat often to beat tiredness. So if you're feeling really tired, don't do three big meals. Do a whole bunch of mini meals. Yeah, I've heard that so many times mm-hmm. about this whole idea that we're supposed to have these fixed three meals a day is actually because uh, as um, we have evolved as humans, we've, 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 we've sort of created these sort of false structures or whatever mm-hmm. to, to suit our day, our working day. So, you know, in order so people have breaks, you eat here, then you eat here, then you eat here. But we are naturally, and our bodies are naturally grazers, and that we eat little and often. And that's what we should be doing and is best for our digestive system. There are foods that you can eat. Yeah. Particularly like things that are like high in protein or vegetables rather than carbohydrates. Fibre. And fibre, you're not going to have those dips. Yeah. Um, I don't eat a lot of sugar. Uh, And that's not... uh, um, uh, any kind of like, I don't like sugar, so I, you know, I, I think sugar's bad. It's just I don't enjoy it. I'm just weird like that. If you yep. give me a cake, I won't eat it. It will just stay in the cupboard and rot. So I don't have those same sort of uh, spikes. I'm not to say I don't get lethargic. I absolutely do. I'm at the moment absolutely shattered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I find that my spikes come with caffeine. So mm-hmm. we've all got something that we use in order to keep ourselves going. Then there's a hit, you get a high and then you get a dip, don't you? And there was a huge talk about cutting out caffeine and how caffeine can actually really add to the lethargic thoughts and that melancholy thought. So a lot of people say about cutting out caffeine. <laughs> uh, sleeping. Really try to go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time. I mean, that's what they say. Good luck if yeah. your schedule is all over the place, but they truly say that. The biggest thing, I think, is just... Commit to getting started, doing something. On those days where you feel lazy, just like do something, okay? Just get out of bed and do something. doesn't matter what it is. Do one of the things on your list and then reward yourself. Just stop and go, I did that. And if that's all you can do that day, that's all right. There's going to be a lot more days ahead of you who can do a lot more, a lot more. So just remember... The biggest things I think that helped me with reading all that stuff was the internal voice, 50,000 thoughts a day. If even 10% of them are negative, that equals a total of 5,000 negative thoughts you just put in your own head. Oh, my God. That's grim. So remember, it's all about, like, what is going on in here, and it does take a lot of effort to redirect, but, like, get out your journals, write your gratitude list, and just be gentle with yourself and love yourself and know that this too shall pass everyone that is the biggest advice i can give to everyone for feeling lethargic right now alison thank you very much that's great advice i always think get out of your house yeah just leave your house every single time i have felt lethargic or unmotivated the last thing i want to do is leave my house and every time i do even if it's just to go for a walk down to the shops or whatever 
it just completely changes how I feel. Just I, I find for me, and, and this might not be for everybody, but walking, is I find it very um, meditative yes. and, and calming. And so all of those thoughts, my, my brain is full of jumbled up things and I'm like, oh, I can't think straight. If I just go out for a walk, and I'm very lucky where I live, I suppose, because I live right near the Downs, so I can go for, an, I can go for a very long walk. Oh, it's beautiful. You can get near the water in no time yeah, at all. Or, or oh. I can go down by the seafront. But I actually, when I want to... I don't want to be by the seafront because there's too there's too many people. I want to be out in the countryside and just get out and have a walk. But wherever you are, if you can find somewhere, even if it's just, you know, r- around the block, I think it just changes. Exercise really helps. And I don't mean going to the gym. I just mean, I, I literally just mean go for a walk. It, it just They say walk you... is the number one exercise for everyone. Everyone. If you were to just walk and like... Make that a part of your daily... That is the best exercise you can do for yourself, walking. I mean, swimming, yes, obviously, but we don't all have access to that. So, like, the most common, simple way is to just get in a walk. And I say that right now, (laughs) being the person who has avoided walking. So that's why I can say, everyone, that it really does help. The less you do it, the more you go insular. So get out there and get some fresh air. Brilliant, Alison. Great advice. I think we're all in there. It was, we're heading towards, uh, although I quite like this time of year, autumn. It is I lovely, really it, but it is it is the hunker down hibernation, hibernation time, right? Normally, if we were living years and years ago, this is when we would have been fattening up, getting ready to survive for the winter because we don't know, you know, like that's what our life would have been at this time. Yeah. But also there's that lack of light, isn't it? The lack of sun. Fortunately, at the moment, we still have the light, don't we? Because we haven't put the clocks. And also, I don't know what it's been like in London and Manchester, but it was absolutely glorious down here. It's beautiful. Yeah, up here in Manchester. Yeah. Listen, we've hit a low. We're talking about the weather. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lloyd, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to put it. It's called being professional, Alison. (laughs) 
Now let's let's talk about what what we've been watching, what we've been listening to, what we've been seeing, what we've been doing, who we've been touching. <laughs> well, I'll go for. I went to see Elvis at a BAFTA screening, so Baz Luhrmann was there oh, as well. So got to listen Baz to Baz Luhrmann, no less, Maureen. And I have to say, I don't know if you two have seen it. It is amazing, absolutely amazing. Austin Butler as Elvis is outstanding. He, he must get nominated. Um, if any rights, he should win the. Uh, the Oscar, he's because it must be very difficult to play somebody like Elvis or Marilyn Monroe, you know, because they're so iconic and it's difficult. You don't want it, you don't want an imitation, you don't want like an impression, but they've got to kind of encapsulate that person. He does it brilliantly. Um, there was stuff about Elvis's life that I didn't know about. I'm not a big Elvis fan, so I there was you know, I found that interesting. It looks at fame, so you know, you've got Elvis who revolutionized music in the 50s you know him and James Dean were like the two iconic figures of 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 the 50s America of the world I suppose and then you know years later he's he's you know he's done a load of stupid films and he's like a laughing stock and he's you know he's and then he comes back in his 1968 special uh you know that that idea of fame it must be very difficult you go from being cutting edge you know and, and shocking people to like people think of you as a joke and also the fact his manager and I mentioned this to my manager not to get any ideas his manager took 50% of his income wow I mean me and Jen are lucky Jen's got a great agent I've got a great manager who really look after us and that's really important his manager saw him as a money machine didn't give a toss about his artistic development just wanted him to just do more and more money and when he was ill and really couldn't perform all they did was drug him up so because he, he had to go back on stage to make money and he wanted to go and tour around the world but his manager had loads of debt in Las Vegas so basically he kept him in like, performing you know and he had a lot of hangers on so he couldn't really stop working because he had all these people cousins and whatever he had to pay for so you you know, this is probably the, one of the biggest stars ever. And he's, you know, and you just think, you actually, it was a very interesting insight into his life and on the nature of fame. Huh. You yeah. know, I would totally recommend it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It sounds like something that's definitely worth watching. And uh, it, it's one of those films that I think split the room a little bit, hasn't it? Because, I mean, some people have absolutely loved it and raved about it. And other people, for whatever reason, have decided that, that it's not... It's, like I've because I've read I've read quite a few oh, reviews okay. about it. So uh, not that I give a shit about reviews. So I just go and see it and make my own mind up. But um, I, I if I think if you've enjoyed it, I I, I know I will. Yeah, um, and I mean you know I've been doing that thing. I've been looking at a lot of Elvis actually since I watched the movie. And you know you do that thing where they put you know uh, you know Austin Butler next to Elvis, and I mean it's just it's 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 amazing. He and he's actually had a problem trying to get his voice back because he spoke like Elvis for two years. So like he can't. You know, you kind of, he's forgotten his own voice because he kind wow. of speaks like Elvis. That's classic, isn't it? That's why I could never be an actor. Also, I'd find that psychotic. Can you imagine if you were seeing somebody who was like, I'm playing Elvis in this movie. I'm playing Elvis in this movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> is it still in the cinema or is it gone? I think it might be, but... Because um, when did you see it? You saw it? I saw it. Uh, it was a BAFTA screening. Great recommendation, Warren. Thank you very much. I'm not going to recommend any television because pretty much everything I've watched has been shite. Um, <laughs> and also, I've given up watching BBC dramas because they're all absolutely batshit and make no sense and they're completely... I feel like every single screenwriter is is on some ketamine or something. I don't know what they're doing. It's so out of this world. You go, reality has passed you by. So I'm going to recommend a podcast. I'm going to recommend a podcast. It's a, a Guardian podcast and it's called Ooh. Can I Tell You a Secret? No. 
Uh, well, I will be telling you a secret, Maureen, and that is that I am really called Norma. No. I'm... <laughs> Norma Jean. I'm Marilyn Monroe. You didn't know it. You heard it here first on WTB. I'm alive and well. Um, and actually, as you can see, I've always been a brunette. Um, <laughs> No, it's called Can I Tell You a Secret? And it's a six-part podcast which explores how one man stalked, cyber-stalked hundreds and hundreds of women and men, actually, and the impact of the cyber-stalking, how he got away with it and how he was eventually caught and convicted. And it is fascinating. And we do live in a time where we could all be victims of cyberstalking. And the relentlessness of this particular chap, the way that he went about it, and with, with literally no fear of being caught, because he did it for so many years, was caught and was like, nobody did anything, then he went back and he carried on doing it, is absolutely pathological. Um, and it's a complicated story because the the person involved that is doing the stalking uh, has autism and the discussion around wanting to talk about the fact that his autism does influence his behaviour but isn't a reason for his behaviour. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, mm -hmm. autism isn't, you know... Oh, we're comedians. I mean, <laughs> heaven's sake. <laughs> we all know a lot of people with autism who <laughs> are highly functioning, lovely, wonderful people. Um, and so it, it looks at that angle about how... That is discussed as well, um, but it is. But that's a, that's later on in the podcast. But it's it, they're talking a lot to the victims of cyber stalking, and how it's not really, up until recently, been considered stalking, because it's like, well, just switch your phone off, mute it. But, yeah, but you can't switch your phone off because, you know, you get an email. You what? You're going to switch your email off? Not all of them, but some of the young women that were targeted were Instagram uh, influencers. So that's how they make their income. So for them to, to, to not be an Instagram means that all of a sudden they don't have... And also a lot of them were like, fuck you. I want to, you know... But some young women uh, and men were so terrified of this cyber stalker that it completely ruined their lives and they became a shell of themselves. And it's really sad, you know, but it, it talks about how stalking the impact it has, the psychological impact that it has on uh, the victims of cyberstalking and how we are all... This could happen to anyone and there's little to no protection. At one point, a young woman who has basically been threatened by this man and she thinks he's going to come to her house, like, she has no idea who he is and where he is, you know, just sitting in his underpants in a house in fucking north, in the north of England. And she contacts the police and says, I, I'm scared. Will you come? And they were like... Mm, we could come, but we're half an hour away. Do you really think he's going to come to your house? Because if he's not, we, we won't bother. And she's like, oh. How does she know? Well, one, she doesn't know. And two, she's like, well, I, I can't guarantee that he's going to come. So I, I guess I don't know what to say to you. So I guess maybe don't come. So they're like, OK, great. Cheers. Bye. And the police just don't follow it up. You know, like if a woman calls up and she's terrified, go and fucking check in with her. But you have that with real life stalking where women have gone to the police. You know, they've been stalked in real life, often by ex-boyfriends or something like that. And um, they don't do anything about it. And then, you know, the poor woman gets murdered and they're like, oh, we're going to learn from this. 
But at least there's legislation for that now, where they never used to be, but now there's legislation for actual stalking. And they understand that stalking can lead to the death of the person being stalked. That is, more often than not, the result of stalking is someone, is the victim, is that person dying, um, being attacked at some point. But cyber-stalking, it's like, well, there is no danger. Yeah. But it, there is a huge psychological impact. And all of the people, that, a lot of the people that have been stalked are young women. And I think there is an issue with misogyny where they just think, oh, that woman's overreacting. She's being hysterical. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And also, don't put photographs of yourself on the internet if you don't want someone to stalk you. If you, if, if you, if, if you don't want to be stalked, don't have an Instagram account. You shouldn't have done it. You know, there's so much victim blaming that comes yeah. through on this podcast. And they go, I mean, sure, the guy shouldn't have, like, stalked them. But really, I mean, are they innocent? They shouldn't have really put their photos up. And it's like, are you kidding me? That's how social media works. That is all social media is. Mm-hmm. And as a young person, that's how, obviously, our generation, we we didn't grow up with it. So, I mean, we, like, whether or not I stick a something on Instagram, who gives a fuck? But for young people, it's like, that's the only way that they... It's part of often their life, they it? communicate mm-hmm. through Snapchat or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. I don't understand it. Uh, so, you know, it's completely different. And anyway, it's it's a really fascinating podcast. You know, it does... It goes into the victims and, and talks about their experience, but then it also... Does a quite a deep dive into the chap that is the, the cause of all of this pain and and um, uh, heartache and well and abuse, but basically. So I, I it's well worth a listen. Um, I found it compulsive listening. I think it's only six episodes, and it's available wherever you get to your podcast. So it's a Guardian podcast called "Can I Tell You a Secret?" I am uh, going to listen to that. That sort of stuff is so scary because we do put ourselves out there. Let me tell you, this is no comparison, but for the first time, because I've been trying to be a little bit more active on social media. We noticed, Alison. Alison, it's great. You're putting up clips of your stand-up. It's brilliant. Been trying. More than once a month. Well done. Thanks, Maureen. It's usually a few videos a week. And my guy is even like, come on, let's do more. You can do more. So it's good. It's good. But I had my first, like, person say something mean to me oh um do you want me to go and beat them up everyone's like whatever but this is what i was fun okay this is what they went for guys not one of the things i think they'd go for no the person put you should do a joke about your old-fashioned fringe slash bangs and how they're taking over your face and you're doing nothing about it and i was like what you went for my hair my hair? And I, How dare you? And I just thought that is one negative comment. I haven't received any, like, mean comments. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is the stuff that scares me. But, like, young people, they're probably used to this. They get so much shit thrown at them all the time that just online presence is, is terrifying to me. One insult about my fringe, uh, and I'm telling you guys, yeah. I'm ready to fucking pull the plug. Yeah. Delete the message. Yeah. Block, block. the person. And move on. You know they're 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 sitting in a pair of stained underpants, wanking into a bin. Don't you concern yourself with these people? They're not worth the energy. I get stuff, and I just turn it into material. Well, I don't even turn it in material because that would give it oxygen. I don't. That's what I kept thinking. I don't do anything with it. I, in fact, sometimes I can see the first two lines, and I'm like, oh, this is someone who wants to put me in my place. I delete it. If it's on Twitter, I mute them uh, because they love being blocked because then they can go, Jen Brister, block me like it's a badge of honour. 
so I mute them so they can say whatever they like to me. They can, but I can't see it because all they want is for it's me to respond and to react yeah. and to see that I'm upset. But if I don't, you know, bye-bye. That's it, the end. I mean, there's about three people in this world whose opinion I care about. And I'm not even one of them. <laughs> it's certainly not going to be some twat. Rando, yeah. The whole thing you have to understand as well is that we are three women of a certain age who have put our head above the parapet, yeah? Because we are doing a job where we are, we have a profile and that our very existence irks some often men. And if anything, stick that in the wank bank because listen, what a treat to know that we are the reason why some men are angry. I feel like that is something to celebrate. Good. I had a guy walk out of my show in Aberdeen. I was like, I, I knew he was walking out because he wasn't enjoying the show. And I was like, oh, well, well we're going to have to wait for you. And, you know, I hope it's not a poo because we'll have to wait for a long time. You know what I mean? I know he was going because he didn't. And it's like, that's fine. That's that's absolutely fine. I am not offended by you walking out and I'm not even upset that you're walking out. It is OK. I've still got his money. I've got your money, mate. <laughs> and if I've wound you up, that's also, I guess, a bonus. I don't know what to tell you because there's nothing that I'm doing or saying that is in any way offensive. So if you are offended, bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Uh, but, Alison, I'm sorry that that guy sent you some shit. But firstly, know that you're not alone. I don't know if that helps to know that you're not alone. And two, you have absolutely Thanks. glorious hair that Thanks. Maureen and I spend most of our time going, I can't fucking believe Alison's hair. What the hell? So we love you. Fuck him. He's a prick. Thanks. Fuck you if you're listening. You're not, though, because why would he you be? He wouldn't be listening. He wouldn't yeah, be exactly, listening. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, on a more positive note, totally, completely not related to anything we've been talking about, what I watched this week, an old favorite of mine, I don't know if I brought it up or not, but this one, the reason why I picked it with lack of motivation and feeling lethargic is because I personally think this movie, for me, I love it, but it's so shitty that if you try to watch it, you'll probably just want to get up off the couch and do something else. So I recommend giving this a go because you may want to <laughs> walk away from it. But to me, it's what I call the original leprechaun, everyone. The oh original Alison, leprechaun. I already know that this is going to be a pile of dog shit. It is. It's such a pile of dog shit. But here's the thing. It does star Jennifer Aniston. It was what? one of her first big roles. Jennifer Aniston. Pre-Friends. Pre-Friends. This is like oh, before Jen was something. I was going to say. Also, I, I, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis, wow. I, I don't want to be sizes. Is he playing the leprechaun? Well, I mean, oh, we, we can make really? assumptions. Uh, hey, it paid him and it got him started early in his days, right? So, hey, you, you make your money how you make your money. Sure, uh, no judgment here. Yeah, and uh, basically, here we go. Here's, the, here's the, syn the synopsis, everyone. I'm sure you can already invent it in your head, but just if you're curious, a horrific leprechaun goes on a rampage after his precious bag of gold coins is stolen, he uses all of his magical destructive powers to trick, terrorize, and kill anyone who is unlucky enough to hinder his, his search for his gold. 
Everyone, I'm telling you, if you like a shitty horror movie, you're going to love this. If you don't put it on, I swear to God, you'll just want to get up off the seat. I can't believe that storyline and the film got made. That is amazing. <laughs> I was showing Alison Moore in a very young uh, Jennifer Aniston there holding a, a, baby. a pump action shotgun. She looks like she's about 12 in that yeah, film. She yeah, really she, like she's a baby. Early, early, early. So it's also interesting for that aspect just to see our good old... Good old know. Jen. Good old Rachel before uh, before the the whole before the haircuts. Yeah, before the haircuts. It's a classic, guys. It's a classic. So that's why I chose it. Yeah, Alison, from the very images, it looks like one of the worst things ever made. Um, I will never watch that film. Yeah, I want you to know, and, yeah. and I think that that's that's the expectation. However, I'm pretty sure someone listening will will. And if you do, please write in and tell me your thoughts on it. I would love to hear. What in fact anyone listening, if you watch and sometimes people do write and they go, you know, I did try to watch that or I did watch that. If you do watch any of these recommendations, please do let me know what you think of it. I am just curious. Yeah. Yeah, no, actually too, because I would I would I would I'm curious to know what people think of some of the absolute bonkers crap that Alison has recommended over the last few years to yeah. see what you think. Yeah. Maybe one not? day that's what I'll do. Instead of recommending another one, I'll just read reviews of some of the shitty ones I have recommended <laughs> in the past and if you want to hear your review read, let me know. I personally would absolutely adore that. So if you have ever watched a single horror movie that Alison has recommended and you can give us a brief review of what you thought of that, we would love to hear from you. You can get get to us at womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com and... Um, you can put horror movies in the title. Well, I mean, we'll read it, so we'll understand. I don't know. We'll I figure mean, it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. And obviously, again, uh, so that's what we've all been watching. A wunderbar. Das ist gut. And now it is time to head over to see Maureen Younger, for she has a corner that hasn't been culture for some time. <laughs> Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jen, for that uh, Germanic introduction. I've got a um, caveat here from last for last week. I did a Be More Maureen. I actually called the film the, by the wrong name. I called it Belle de Jour instead of Belle Epoque, which was the film I was talking about. Belle de Jour is going that's why none of us could find it. We tried and we tried. Uh, Belle du Jour is a completely different film starring Catherine Deneuve, which I absolutely hate. I hate it. It's a French classic. I meant Belle, Belle Epoque and I also said it was an iPlayer. is isn't anymore. So that was a really good recommendation by me. So there you go. Uh, Belle Epoque, <laughs> not Belle du Jour. Uh, don't watch Belle du Jour. It's rubbish. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm hopefully going to get the actor's name right that I'm talking about today. It's Glenda Jackson, who yes! is a fabulous, fabulous actress. Glenda Jackson. She's amazing. I saw her a few years ago. Uh, in, she was in conversation and she's in her 80s. And she's a great role model. If you don't know her, because she, she doesn't give a shit. We were talking about no. this earlier. This woman does not give a shit about what anybody thinks. She's inc- insanely talented. When I was growing up in the 70s, uh, both her and Vanessa Raygrave were like the two lead actors. She got her first Oscar for the 1969 film Women in Love by Ken Russell. If you don't know Ken Russell movies, they are a bit strange. Uh, it's bit steamy. bit steamy. A famous scene in here where Oliver Reed and Alan Bates uh, wrestle naked. You can imagine how that went down. And you can see their wangs, can't you? It doesn't leave much of the imagination. There are some explicit sex scenes in it for the day, uh, which I, I remember watching this film at home with my parents, so you can imagine 
Did it get banned in Ireland or something? Oh, I could imagine it probably did. I think did. it got banned somewhere. I seem it to wouldn't remember. surprise me. But she got her first Oscar for that. And then in 1971, I've mentioned this before, this TV show, which is amazing, Elizabeth R. She's absolutely oh, fantastic. I don't remember she that. plays Queen Elizabeth I. I mean, the acting is amazing. And she then played in the same year Queen Elizabeth again, which is a film I've also mentioned before, but Vanessa Redgrave playing Mary Queen of Scots in the film Mary Queen of Scots. 1972, there's a triple echo, which is again, it's based on H.E. Bates, I think, novella. And she plays um, Alice, who's this woman who runs a farm. And then she is during the Second World War and then she meets up with this deserter and she hides him. And in order to hide him from the army, who are obviously looking for him, he dresses up as a woman. And then, unfortunately, one of the soldiers takes a shine to him as a woman. Oh, I love this. I can see the situation. Whoa. And then 1973, she did, which is a, a romantic comedy, A Touch of Class. And what was interesting, she got the role because like, the director and producer saw him Morecambe and Wise, where she played Cleopatra, because she wasn't known for a comedy. And it's a very funny scene. She plays Cleopatra in Morecambe and Wise. Oh, yeah, that, I remember. That's quite a famous sketch, isn't it? That's quite a famous thing. And he saw her and thought, oh, she could do comedy. So it's with George Siegel. It's a very, very good comedy, romantic comedy. And apparently when she, she got a second Oscar for that. And apparently Morecambe, Eric Morecambe wrote, sent her a telegram and went, stick with us and we will get you another one. <laughs> Classic. And then she was out, out. She stopped doing acting. She became a Labour MP for quite a long time. And I think she was one of the few MPs who never claimed uh, for expenses. How about that for principle? She was obviously a Labour MP. So much to love about Glenda Jackson. And then she came back, and this is in her 80s, she mm. played King Lear, which is one of the hardest roles in theatre. It's so hard. Uh, also, such a long play. It's a long play, very long role, one of the hardest roles in Shakespeare. She was up for an Olivier Award and Billy Piper beat her to it. I mean, I love Billy Piper, but I think on that instance, I would have, I would have led towards Glenda. And this is 25 years away from the stage as well. And then she, in 2018, so she's, you know, she went to the uh, America Broadway and she won a Tony for Three Tall Sisters, Edward Albee's play. And then in 2019, she came back to TV, where she won a 27-year absence. And I haven't seen it, but it's meant to be brilliant, called Elizabeth is Missing, about a woman with Alzheimer's. And she won a BAFTA and an Emmy. I mean, she's won BAFTAs, Emmys, Tonys, Oscars. I mean, yeah. and then she's still working. I think she's in her mid-80s now. And she's with, working on a film with Michael Caine at the moment called The Great Escaper. Wow. I mean, that's a career, isn't it? What a career she has. I mean, incredible. I was at the Women in Film and TV Awards. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I kind of snuck in through the flaps, as all lesers do. <laughs> I got invited with Kerry because we've been working with this production company and... Um, Glenda Jackson was supposed to be there to receive an award for, you know, like a Lifetime Achievement Award right. in, in, in film and television. But sadly, she wasn't well, so she wasn't there. That was what I was like, oh, God, I'm gonna... I knew I wouldn't meet her, but I thought it'd be wonderful to see her accept an award and deliver her acceptance speech and that. She's really erudite, isn't she? She's yeah, really... and, she, and no fucks given throughout her no whole fucks career. Given. Absolutely no fucks given. And it's um, and that's very unusual for an actress because you kind of have to often feel like you've got to play the game. You know, you see all these really great actors who feel the need to have like surgery and Botox themselves. No fucks given. And I really admire that. And she did that from early on. And she's just um, and she, her acting is just out of this world. So if you get a chance, watch a Glenda Jackson movie or look at her and see if you can see her in conversation on YouTube or something. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant recommendation, Warren. Thank you so much. We are absolutely big fans of Glenda Jackson on this podcast. So we love Glenda Jackson. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things we love. But what I want to hear now 
is about some stuff maybe we don't love. Jen, what the hell has been getting your goat? I don't want to lose my shit over... Th- okay, this is it. Right, let's go. It's happening now. <laughs> I cannot handle this. <laughs> Okay, so the thing that got my goat this week is, <laughs> obviously, I'm, I'm on tour with my show, The Optimist. If you haven't got tickets to come and see me, do buy tickets. I shall be somewhere near you very soon. And Maureen Younger was supporting me in the fine city of Glasgow. What a wonderful place to be. And on that particular performance, sold out show. I don't like to show off, but there we are. I am trying to perform. Um, now, at the stand, this is at the Glasgow stand, whether you be in Glasgow, whether you be in Edinburgh, the audience are pretty much right there. There's yeah. no gap. There's no space. Where my foot ends, the audience begins. Yeah. Okay? So there is no... They are there. They are, like, less than a foot away from me. Up on you. I am up on them. They are up on me. We're up on each other. We're having a lovely time. Also, we could have had. I am at a loss as to understand why people sit in the front row of a comedy club uh, to watch an hour performance. It's not even, we're not even at a, a dirty old club gig where, you know, you can always mm-hmm. expect a little mm-hmm. bit of, but this is an hour that I've, I've I, there's no time for chit chat. I'm performing an hour, which I have crafted and spent months and months working on and have bled my, bled, put my heart and soul into to sit in the front of my show to talk all the way through my show, not only to talk, but to then snog, rub each other off. There are these two women at the front of my show in Glasgow. It was so, so distracting, Alison. I can't even begin to tell you. They were snogging. They were talking. They were feeling each other up at the front of the show. I I was like, okay, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're excited. They're having a nice time. I want people to have a nice time. That's the only reason you're there is for me to entertain you, for me to make you laugh and for you, if you have any troubles, to forget about them for that hour and enjoy yourself. That's what I want. That's what I'm trying to create. But they just talking and kissing and snogging and touching and fingering. And fuck me. I was like, I can't concentrate. It was so distracting. So... It was such a lovely night. The audience were just gorgeous gorgeous audience, but I just didn't enjoy it because I couldn't be in the show. I kept having to try to find a way to not be distracted by them. So 40 minutes into the show, I'm like, sorry, I've got to address this. Could you please stop what you're doing? I said, you're right in my... I, I I can't I can't but see you um, snogging each other. I think, do you think you could give it a rest? And also I was like... I can't concentrate because you're talking. So we have a little joke, a little bit of banter. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, they're like, yeah, we're going to stop now. I was like, great. Okay, fantastic. We carry on the show. They amp it up. Now it's like they're not even trying to like hide anything. Well, not they were trying to hide it before. Now it gets worse. And I'm like, I don't fucking believe this. I mean, I literally, there's like 15 minutes left of the show. I said to them, I don't know why you're sitting at the front. Why? I said, if you want to frot each other off and talk, why didn't you sit at the back? Or better still, why the fuck did you come? You know, and then they start to get the ache with me. They're like, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, do you understand how disrespectful it is to do what you're doing while I'm trying to do my show? I said, 
stop. All I want you to do is stop and shut the fuck up. Okay, is that something we can... And then I carry on and do my show. They don't talk. They, they're, they're livid. They're absolutely livid with me. They're so cross. I'm secretly delighted. Um, and then they, all they do is they give me the death stare mm. for the rest of the night, which I think they thought was going to be distracting, but actually was, like, preferable to, to someone talking. It was much quieter. <laughs> I will take your two death stares because they are preferable to you fingering each other and chatting through my fucking show, you pair of absolute tedious bellends. I just couldn't get my head around it. It really got my goat. And also, I think it was very distracting to the people that were behind them and to the people that were sitting opposite them. I could see one woman in particular kept staring at them with a look of utter disgust on her face, like, I haven't come out to watch you two fucking go at each other. It's just bizarre behaviour. That's what got my goat. I don't understand why people sit in the front and do that. You think if you go on a date and you don't really, not all that bothered about the comedy, just sit further behind. Or don't come to the comedy. I don't need you there. I don't need and I don't want you there at my show. And Please. it was annoying because the show was going so well. The audience was so lovely, weren't they? And then you've got to kind of interrupt it and then you've got to try and put the show back on, back on track. Yeah, I'm trying to manage myself on stage. The thing that really annoyed me about that show was what should have been a really enjoyable yes. and joyful experience for me was ruined by these two women who completely uh, fucked my show up for me. Yes, it is because they were such a lovely audience. Such a lovely audience and two utter bellends in the front and also, like, get a room. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Don't come to a show and finger each other and talk about it. And come on now. like Yeah. Go out into the alley like we all do. Well, actually, sure. There's an alley out back at the stand. Go and, go and, <laughs> go and scissor each other outside. I don't need to see it. <laughs> anyway, that's what got my goat this week. I really hope they heard that. I hope they're listening. I, I, I think it's Got unlikely. <laughs> I think... I think at the, by the end of the show, um, I am enemy numero uno. And uh, do you know what? I'm A-OK -okay with that. Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that do. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.